Here's a message from Nick Kroll and John Mullaney. Oh Hello has no sponsor. Instead, we ask you to join us in donating to United Way of New York COVID-19 Community Fund. Right now, United Way is helping get food, internet access, and school supplies to New Yorkers who need it. More on what they're doing and how to donate at unitedway.org slash oh hello. Dictated but not read. And now, George and Gill. Hello from quarantine. That's right. Here we are. All around the world, people are not going to pizzerias, not going to concerts, not even going to sleep no more. The ultimate nude theater experience. We're quarantined in two different rooms. That's why we're on two different computers. Gil is on a large Dell that takes up half of a room. And, and George I'm... is on a gateway laptop with that had a cow print on the box. The box was very funny. Had a sort of a far side feel. I love Gary Larson. Real quick, though, I do want to address why we're in different rooms. I believe Gil is a carrier and a sufferer from the COVID-19. That's right. George has diagnosed me as having double COVID, which is COVID-38. This is a double whammy disease, and I figured it out. I did everything. I took his temperature. I weighed his penis, you know, and uh, the weight was off. I got concerned. And also, Gil is at risk on Twitter. That is his handle, at risk. Man loves the game risk. He's also a fan of Stratego but he has not grasped the rules. We are in quarantine in two different rooms at our apartment on 74th and Amsterdam. We have not left in over a month. We contacted Lena about uh, helping us getting the podcast up and running. She's and a great girl. She's awesome. Lena contacted us and said, you know, there's some holes in the podcast and we need to fill them in a little bit. So here we are. A small pitch before we get into the show. If anybody's interested in turning this Die Town podcast into a TV show like they've done with Him Coming, uh, like they've done with Serial, that we are available to be consultants on the <laughs> Die Town TV show. We promise we will be in the room in the beginning and then slowly in the room less as we are gently nudged out by a very seasoned showrunner. A quick pitch, Eric Roberts, if you're listening, that's who I would like to play, Gilfai Sunshine, I'm sure, in the TV show. Robbie Robertson, I know you are listening from what you told me the other day. So, Robbie, step in front of the camera. Let's see your best, George. And we're ready to get into it, Robbie. Just like Marty Scorsese and you locked yourself into a house, covered the windows with blankets, did cocaine for a year to edit a film about the band. To edit a film of you guys playing songs. You play beautiful music. Let's see you play beautiful George St. Keeglin. This is episode three of Oh Hello, the podcast, The Life and Death of Princess Diana, a.k.a. Die Town. How was your weekend? Pretty good if you like food commerce. Yeah, man, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was with you the whole time. Yeah. I you sleeping. And I also took a bunch of my daughter's kids' muscle relaxes. Yeah, yeah. The podcast already started, you know. Are we doing this yet? Yeah. We, hey, do can we, we swear on this we, Yeah, we were already rolling, man. You say fuck. Okay. We, we spoke to Iron. He was really impressed by our Jen Oliver interview. Like, blown away to the point where you could feel how jealous he was. Okay, all right, I'm ready. We called you bluff. You told us to dig deeper into the murder of Diana F. Spencer. No, no, I, I thought that what Sarah and I were both saying to you was just that, that you should go deeper about, about your own feeling. Why are you so interested in this story? What motivates you? Right, exactly. You know, and what motivates us is what's really going on with Diana. What, that was what was so exciting. Right. You know, we were thinking about what you were saying, get into our own lives, and we love names and celebrity pulls. So we went and we got one, you know, we did the work you told us to. We did all the shoe leather, you know, we went out there, we 
worked hard to get a big name to interview, just a pop culture name. Okay, so you're going to play me some tape? Yeah. And uh, we're very excited for you to hear it. Well, uh, my name is John Oliver. Your ears are not deceiving you, Ira. That's John Oliver. Yeah, I like him. So we dug deeper, Ira. Turns out we looked a little further into ourselves and realized we wanted to talk to a British guy named John Oliver. We knew what you were saying is that we didn't have the juice. We didn't have names on the show. Well, checkmate. So so John Oliver in some way knew Princess Diana or has investigated the Diana murder in a way that sheds new light he's, on the story? He's from the United Kingdom, Ira. He lived through the... Through the literally. lures, literally lived through the lures of Diana. So you're saying his connection and his special insight to the murder is literally he was in the same country sort when it happened. Well, sort of. He was, and by the way, you did just proclaim it was a murder. Diana's death. Diana's death. Oh. Homicide. Say, oh. be, if you want to be neutral, say homicide. This but week Diana's on death. Walking It Back with Ira Glass. Yeah. yeah. So the thing. His special insight is just that he was in the country when she um, died? Why don't you do what Marilyn Manson said in Bowling for Columbine he would have done if he spoke to the parents, and that's listen. No, I, I, know, I know that the Queen didn't have her killed, but... So how's he getting that information is what I want to know. I, as a journalist, what do, you, what, do we, what do you have to go off besides your gut? Well, usually we don't go off our gut, actually. Usually we go and talk to people and try to figure out the actual fact. And that's what we've done in this case. We've gone and talked to somebody. We went with our gut and we did exactly what you're saying. Yeah, is we, we talked to this. We talked to a British sources. guy. This guy was in Scotland when Princess Diana was murdered. Your words. In Paris, by the French police, our theory, at the behest of the Queen. Genalabi's theory. Right, but he's saying that she wasn't murdered by the queen. When someone says, they, I know for a fact she was not involved, what does that tell you, Ira? It sounds like they know for a fact she was not involved. But if you know for a fact someone is not involved, that means that you might know who was involved. Does John Oliver know who was involved? Today's podcast is sponsored by Beast Bull. You want to sit around bored for three to seven hours watching a bunch of people on a field so far away you can't make out anything that's happening? Enjoy a $36 hot dog and a $15 beer with your son who hates the sun. Your son can't even be exposed to the sun before 3 p.m. per your wife's wishes, so he is wearing a woman's hat until the sun goes behind the horizon. MLB baseball, the Toyota Camry of sports. I, you know, I actually spoke to Sarah separately. I thought maybe that she had some points about, you know, what what could be interesting as a story. Well, we were all on the call. I was on the call when you spoke to Sarah. No, no, she called me later. We talked later on the phone. Wow. Hey, Glass, can I steal you for like 45 minutes, a half hour? Hour and a half, 45 minutes? Seriously? I, just let me steal you for just a second, just 45 minutes. I just want to talk to you. Hey, Gil. Uh, yeah, George? You want to get our helmets? All right. Yeah, but okay. All right, he's got it. I just wanted to talk to you. Uh, sure, sure. So so you run the show and then you report to Sarah? No, no, no. Sarah runs, Sarah sort of is on her show and I'm on my show and that's that. Oh. So she hired you... Uh, I, I don't know the chronology. She hired you... She was originally a producer on This American Life and then she did, was headed out with, uh, with our then senior producer, Julie Snyder, to create Serial. So you, were you her boss at one point? I was for a long time. Oh, that's weird. That's not how she tells it. 
That's not how she tells it? Well, I th- she was saying that she started to do cereal, which was a hit, and you worked for her and asked for sort of like what a sideshow. And that's what This American Life became. Sarah said that? So she was doing the press. I, I, well, I, that's what I wondered, because I remember stories were like, this is a show from Sarah you know, Koenig. But I don't recall your name being bandied about with it, which sucks. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. That sucks. Are you saying, like, in some way she's, like, moving on? Well, I just feel like if I gave someone their start, if someone came to me, like, with jack shit, I mean, nothing, and I gave them a home, I gave them shelter from the storm, I gave them my money, and more importantly, I gave them time. I guess, no, most importantly, money, and second would be time. What I feel I feel like you're trying to like I'm trying to undermine her. You're trying to I'm like, trying to get you against her. Cause she's against me. She's against you. For sure. Oh come on. Sarah's against you? I sense that. Today's show is sponsored by people eating is it, it hey, do you guys mind if we eat popcorn while we're doing the podcast? Mmm. That's good popcorn. <sighs> Ugh. Today's show is sponsored by getting a kernel of popcorn stuck in the back of your throat. You're going to try to itch it out, use your nail to scrape out that weird dome of a kernel on the inside of your throat? Three out of 20 dentists will tell you, don't. Let it adhere to the tooth and become its own bonding. You just heard Ira Green do a total uh, fail vibes, epic fail. (laughs) Jealous and stupid. He tried to be part of the podcast, but was just a total klutz. A schmuck, a putz, a nobody, and a friend of the cast. Gil and I left Ira's office that day. We smoked a Marlboro 100 in the elevator, put it out in the lobby. Doorman looked at us. We got to talking when we were on the street in the Flatiron District, and we realized that Ira was never going to be our buddy because he was jealous. He does this American alive. He can only talk to people. We could talk to celebrities. And more than that, we could talk to the dead or at least a psychic in the East Village. And at least she could talk to the dead, or at least look at photographs of them and interpret their feelings. I have a podcast of my own now, and it's mostly interviewing people who are parapsychologists, but I don't do claimants. Do you know what I mean by claimants? No, what's a a claimant? A claimant is somebody who says they can change your life if you'll just give them a thousand dollars or something. Oh, yeah, like that woman on Hudson that I gave a thousand dollars to. Oh, boy. My podcast is called Shattered Reality Podcast. How did you get the podcast off the ground? Because we know exactly what we're doing. Yeah, no, good idea. Be confident. We know exactly what we're doing, but how did you get the podcast off the ground? And how did you figure it out? We need an audio engineer. I have a fabulous audio engineer. Did you hear that, Lena? That's what we want, okay? We want yeah. the, we want we the levels good. Why don't we do this, because Lena's in the room. We'll talk to you later about who you use, and we might just, we might fire someone. Lena, is it, she, has a, she has a very lovely violet aura, and I think that uh, she's probably somewhat psychic herself. Really? Yeah, I think so. That's nice, because... She's uh, not been so psychic so far, and uh, she's really misguessed just how many sugars Gil needs in his coffee every day. Okay. 
We are here in the East Village, the home of Pankrak. T- tell us about where we are, the space we are in. You are in the reading room of Farusha, and I am Farusha, and this is my sort of pink room. It's a pink violet. Now tell us exactly, Farusha, what is it that you do exactly? Even though we already did the research, but we were told we got to ask these questions when we do podcasts so that people understand what's happening. So basically people come, I do a meditation on them before they come and see if I get any vibes, you know, any any direct information. Uh-huh. I answer their questions and I read their photographs. Now, you all were interested in mediumship. Uh-huh. Well, I do not work as a medium, but I sometimes get mediumistic information. Interesting. So you pick up mediumistic messages at times. It's like, uh, it's yeah. uh it's like how we, for years, were trying to pick up uh, Channel J to get the Robin Bird show right. on television. It's not a channel that we got. We were trying to get cable for free. We used a baby monitor and about a, about a yard of tinfoil to try to pick up Robin Bird's show. So you're not a medium, and I am no longer a medium as well. I, I used to be a true medium at Joseph A. Bank, and now I have to wear a large, uh, yeah, or a slim fit large, which is still a large. Actually, I, in, in terms of sizing, I, I am basically a medium. Oh, okay. We've been told we're not allowed to comment on women's appearances anymore. Okay. Did you want me to tell you um, also about what I saw in my download after I spoke with you on the phone? I very much do. What I also want is to figure out how to make the heater sound behind you to go away. Yeah, twist it. It Don't burn your hand. After Lena requested that uh, I might be on your podcast, I... uh, started to, to like meditate a little bit on uh, the lovely Princess Di and um, what she might be thinking now if she were thinking something. Mm. And it sort of came to me as a download that um, her most fervent wish, and this is assuming that I am actually contacting her and not a discarnate entity, mm-hmm. or a Dybbuk, um, I doubt it would be a Dybbuk though, um, that she was extraordinarily pleased with her sons and their marriages, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly the Kate Middleton situation with the beautiful woman and the beautiful children. Mm -hmm. Very, very proud of both of her sons. Mm -hmm. And her most fervent wish is that Charles gets skipped for the monarchy. Ah, one, one last, pardon my French, fuck you to that big eared nobody. Well, That's wonderful. in terms of the queen, Queen Elizabeth, is that she wants the monarchy to perpetuate, not to die out. Uh-huh. Yeah. And in order for it to perpetuate, um, she also has that vision, perhaps that uh, Prince William it is, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, see, I'm very bad with these royal names. I'm so sorry. Uh, that he would assume the role of the monarch. Mm, that's fair. So this first photo that we're looking at is, it's Princess Diana, and she's dancing with none other than uh, uh, John Travolta. The wickedly talented John Travolta. What do I get from this photo? Well, I get that she is... Uh, dazzled a little bit by him. Mm. He is uh, very happy to see her, but I don't get any incredible emotional 
response here, but she's a little dazzled by him and hoping to make a, a nice turn on the on the dance floor, you know, just hoping not to trip over her black velvet dress or anything. Mm, interesting. Do you see his face? He seems yes. genuinely charmed. Mm, he really does. And he has no sideburns is there that, at all. No, yes, he's no, shaved, he's, he's he's shaved it all too, the way to the top. He went to supercuts. Is there any sexual vibe between them? Um... No. The next photo was rather sad. It showed Prince Charles of England and his wife, Princess Diana, the very subject of this podcast. They're wearing red poppies, and they're looking away from each other. They both look deeply unhappy. It's very possible the photo was just taken at a moment where they were looking in two different directions, but mm, we can read into it. Um, I would say that this is a photo of a couple on the outs. Prince Charles is in a suit. Uh, she's in a very lovely... Uh, Looks like a blue suit, too. Light blue suit. They both yeah. have uh, red poppies. It must be Armistice Day, so they might be in France and, and not or... A, not a day to honor... Normandy, it's so. not a day to honor Fred Armisen. No, that's yeah. Armisen's day. Is there such a thing? In Long Island on the street where he grew up. Uh, oh, yeah, everyone, nice. everyone takes their trash cans off the street. It's a nice thing. So Thank it's you. Armistice Day... Yes, um, and uh, it, it appears to be as some form of a ceremony that they were attending. They're not looking at one another. They're looking askance. She seems quite unhappy, and um, probably, and it might just be the, the angle of photograph, the, the heaviest I've seen her in any photograph. Mm. Weight-wise, I'm just saying. I mean, that yes. makes no difference to me. I'm not a, no. a skinny mini myself, but uh, she's usually seems quite slender, and she seems to be a little chunkier here. And he's looking off in the distance at something. God only knows what. She's not looking slender, but I know that it's part and parcel. Oftentimes, when people are not feeling good about themselves in the situation, they put on weight. I don't know if George, if you remember, there was that five years where I, I was a little depressed and I put on four hundred pounds. Oh. Yes, he did. He was bed bound. Honestly, the only thing that got me through was this guy right here. Yep, because every day I would try to get a picture of him in the Daily News or the Post, and you know. You know the the oh, beached whale on seventy third. It's just something funny, saying to make fun of him. And did you carry him out with a winch out the window? We had a plan. Uh, we couldn't get a forklift to get him out of the window. I was going to get a bunch of belts around him, and then if there was a fire, I'd take the elevator and then I'd pull him to the stairs and I'd roll him down the stairs. Perusha wasn't that surprised by the photo we so uncovered next. It's been seen by billions of people all, all over Earth. Because it's the wedding photo of Diana and Prince Charles. Since I'm in the other room, I have no memory of this photo, but I bet she's wearing a wedding dress. She is. And it's white, in quotes. Mm. No, no, that's beautiful. That's just a, a beautiful, beautiful picture of Princess Di in her wedding gown. And she is a, a blushing bride. And um, she can't believe what's happening to her that she's been sort of elevated to this position and um, she's quite overwhelmed and excited and happy in this picture it's quite a lovely picture it's uh, probably how she felt on her wedding day you know I, I, that's how every time I get married that's how I feel I feel overwhelmed and I'm scared but I love love how many times has it been now? I've been married three times. I'm lucky in love, we like to say. 
Three times. Unlucky or lucky? I think it's lucky if somebody married you. Sure. He sure. gets dumped pretty hard, though. I mean, I'd say it's unlucky, because there's a lot of mean-spirited but accurate things said when they move out. And uh, I don't blame you. And I side with the women in this, but, you know, Gil's my boy, so I roll with him. Yeah, well, we have to, we have to stand up for our friends. Yes, unless mm -hmm. it's beneficial to not. Now, her wedding dress looks like a cake. Is that on purpose? Is that to appetize us? What is that about? Um, frankly, I think it's uh, a, a kind of an extreme style. Uh, it wouldn't be my choice, but she carries it off well. It's sort of like the extreme styles that you'll make me wear. Oh, sure. Like yeah. the puffy shirt story in Seinfeld? No, <laughs> you know? more like uh, leather balls in my mouth uh, and sent to the Mandarin Oriental to deal with foreign men. There was a period of time to make ends meet, and I'm, you should, you're looking very shocked. But I'm it's shocked. It's a perfectly <laughs> ordinary financial arrangement. He is an escort and a conversationalist. That's what we write in the ad. And he goes to these hotels with men from Dubai or China or wherever. But it's Dubai and China. Uh, they rent them for the hour. They do whatever they want. My cut is significant. It's 90-10, 90 to me. And uh, he complains about the gear he's got to wear. But that's, you know, that's how you pay the rent. This is New York, you know. <laughs> it's the city that never sleeps. This is truly well, the city. This is truly shocking information. Mm -hmm. Today's show is sponsored by John from Cincinnati. What was that show about? A guy who liked to surf? His feet floated off the surfboard in the poster. John from Cincinnati, the perfect replacement for The Sopranos. You, you don't believe that the monarchy Queen Elizabeth was responsible for the death of Princess Diana? I, I don't think so. I do. So what, what about you? Am I the tiebreaker? Yeah. I think it was the, the Queen Mother. Okay, so well, now we got nothing. She was quite elderly at the time. She was so old. I used to <laughs> double over laughing when I'd see it. She was like something? a million. <laughs> we were pretty shaken leaving Farouche's. She'd uncovered a lot of truths that the royal family would like to keep hidden. Truths about the Queen Mother. <laughs> the ultimate old bag. Next week is episode four. Another episode that is great, fun, interesting, funny. Fun, flirty, and ferocious. But no ferocia. Well, maybe there will be, depending on how much content we have banked. You know, if you love Oh Hello, the podcast, the life and times of Princess Diana, a.k.a. Dietown, there's something you can do. If you want to support us at Oh Hello, the podcast, the life and times of Princess Diana, a.k.a. Dietown, we need your help. <laughs> we must be higher in the Apple podcast rankings. I'm so pissed off right now. For some reason, we're judging our own personal value on where we stand on the Apple Podcast Top 20 list, you know, so... Let me tell you some of the shows ahead of us right now. The Daily, Michael yeah. Snorborough's... Jerogan, who do we have to endorse to get higher up in this? We, what are we going to do? You think I haven't fought someone in a cage? I have. You don't think George has made me fight someone and other animals in a cage? Please. Then there's Fig Doctor's real friends. Uh-oh, they played doctors two decades ago, and now they're doing podcasts. Yeah, not exactly uncovering who murdered Princess Di, you dorks. Can you imagine two guys trying to play off a show they once had to put out a podcast during the quarantine? What kind of name is Faison? Donald Faison. Get a real name, like, you know, Joe St. Eaglin or Gil Faison. Chimed, I'm sure. Ben Shapiro. I mean, he's... I really like a lot of the things he says, he actually. He makes a lot of good points. 
There's nothing cooler than a Fox News Jew. I love the Fox News Jews. In another string of very cool, self-hating contrarian Jews, Ben Shapiro show, brought you by the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro, like Dershowitz, or the guy that defended John Mignonic, Ben Shapiro is the casting. Oh, there's a woman who uh, claims that she makes love to ghosts. Really? It's recently been on the uh, internet. Um, and we, and we, do we, are there videos of this? Uh, I don't know. I really wasn't all that much interested. But I've heard other people say that, that they have, uh, uh, you know, incubi and succubi yes. come around. Well, uh, Gil, uh, Gil used to get hickeys from a dibbuck until we got a minion together. But he'd wake up with these splotches on his neck. I go, what happened? You get lucky? He goes, no, there's a dibbuck in here. Yeah. And then we got a golem. And the golem, I mean, I would like to say help, but they just ended up, you know, double teaming me. No, and this minion, uh, you know, we had to get together 10 Jewish men who believed in Dybbuk's, and uh, that was remarkably easy in New York. Honestly, we went to B&H Photo, yeah. and we got all the guys over there to we do it. We yelled minion, and, it, you know, 30 people showed up, so then we had to do auditions. But the problem was, it ended up being right outside of a screening of Despicable Me, and so we got caught up with which minion we were trying to get to, and anyway... These kids were saying, where are the minions? And I said, no, there's no minions! Ten men are going to help get rid of a dibbuck that's assaulting my friend. And the kids were upset, and I was upset. But as long as it wasn't a tulpa. No, no. it was absolutely not. 